Fasten your seatbelts. I'm taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to show you what this car already did. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I am the monster the breathing men would kill. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. I go out of my way for you. I do everything to try and make you happy. I feed you, I clean you, I dress you, and what thanks do I get? I am so, so sorry. Oh, you're fucked. I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom. Without these things, I am nothing. So now, I must shed innocent blood. Dinner is served. Save yourself from hell. You're listening to the 30-something movie podcast. One movie each week, 30 years in the making. <laughs> <laughs> Bo, Patrick. Hey guys, how's it going? <laughs> doing all it's right. October, how are you? man. Oh. We're it's October. Here we are. Oh, it's October. I'm doing great. I love this stuff. Oh yeah, man. And we've had uh, you know starting off our month of October already. We've we've talked about we talked about Bram Stoker's Dracula last week. We've got a we've got a double dose of vampire movies like right out of the gate. Uh, I know. And vampires. Uh, I know. Vampires are all kinds of good. Oh yeah. What is? I, I guess I I should have like looked ahead really fast to the uh, three questions and make sure I'm not stepping on any toes here. Yeah. What do you have a favorite vampire movie? <laughs> I feel like we've talked favorite, about this before, but favorite vampire movie. It, it's dumb. It's silly, but it's so fun. Is it vampire Murphy? Yep. <laughs> okay. Yes, it is. All right. I love it. It is so dumb, yeah. but it is just fun. I can't get enough of it. It's that you go. You go that one over uh, Dracula Dead, loving it. Oh, that's good too. But yes, I do. Okay. I'm actually due for a rewatch. I might even, that's one I have not, I don't think I've ever shown Donna that one. I might have to haul that one out okay. this weekend and just see, because it is just so silly, but I love it. I I think I've got to say either Dust Till Dawn mm. or which. That's the one with the psychos, right? That's the one with the psychos. They look like psychos. Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a f- how crazy they are. That yes, one or why can't I think of it? I keep wanting to say Lost Boys. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. Lost Boys has got to be way up there. Is it because the of the saxophone player? The saxophone player has a lot to do with it. The motorcycles have to a lot to mm. do with it. Yeah. Just the whole vibe of the movie. Yeah. I got to be honest with you, Buffy might be up there too. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I really like this movie. So I, I think it would be funny to put you and my wife in a room together and, and have the uh, two of you discuss where this we movie. Go, where are we going with this, John? I think it would be funny to have the two of you discuss this movie because she couldn't stand it. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, has is she has, not to not to move ahead to the three questions? I was going this, but yeah. Okay, go so hit hit him with it, Pat. 
No, well, and I, I think you should ask because I've never seen the show. Is she a fan of this show? Never watched it. Okay. Oh. Because there's an interesting thing there. The yeah. plot thickens. And I, I watched it a little bit. Like, not, not very much at all. I, from time to time. Like, I, mm-hmm. would, I would watch a few episodes I'm with you. there, but yeah. But, I have, but they are so vastly different from each oh, other. Yeah. And there's a lot of... There's a lot of stuff that you can find on the internet about from Joss Whedon about, you know. Yeah. Yeah. But but how many creators get to do that? Well, get yeah. to throw something at the wall and see what sticks and what doesn't, come back and get it right. Yeah. I mean, he he got real lucky with this one and and good on him. Yeah. Well, I want to hear from you guys. I want to learn from you guys about this and cuz I I knew someone that was like huge into oh. Buffy. There are people that are like yearly rewatches of that show. And I think maybe I, I should check it out, right? It's, it's um, what I've seen is good. What I hear is good. I hear it's a lot like for the people who like it, it feels a lot like a I'm trying to think of like a corollary, something that you would for a lot of people, that's their Deep Space Nine. Mm hmm. Okay. You know, just to sort of put it in in perspective, okay. yeah. I'm not sure I could get into it that much. Okay. But you hear yeah. you hear uh, about how that's, smart that's the writing far. is, and you hear about how like we always talk about how science fiction can can go places that that sitcoms and other dramas can't because it's couched in science fiction. You hear a lot about right. how they were able to do that by couching it in, you know, vampire mythos. Mm-hmm. So. There's a lot of interesting right. stuff that you hear about it, and it's supposed to be a very smart show. Yeah, well, I want to check it out. Unfortunately, I, I'm in the same boat. Unfortunately, it's slotted behind so much right now, I, I don't even know where to start. Yeah. Like I'm try- I haven't even watched Andor yet, for crying out loud. Yeah. I no, I haven't either. I'm I'm trying to get my money's worth out of Paramount uh... Plus, right? You know, because it's like... I'm catching up on all the Star Trek and and uh, got to check out the offer. You know what? You're hanging and, out on Paramount Plus. Have you ever checked out Seal Team? Yeah, I've seen Seal Team. I've seen, or no, no. I'm sorry, I haven't. I've seen. I'm aware of Seal okay. Team. You know what to I'm saying? To bring it full circle, David Boreanaz, who's the lead on Seal Team, was Angel in Buffy. Okay. Just to okay. wrap that in a nice little bow for us, but I think Seal Team is pretty good. I like it. Okay. We watched it when it was on okay. mainline CBS and then they punted it to Paramount Plus last year. Okay. Yeah, Pat, you mentioned the offer. Mm-hmm. You haven't started that one yet? I have not. Oh, Me so neither. It it's is... it's on the list. I just can't I it's so good. I'm behind on everything. I'm behind on Ring of Power. I'm behind mm-hmm. on why am I House of Drag House of the Dragon. I'm behind oh, yeah. on everything. It's yeah. it's not good. <laughs> too much, too much stuff. I know. I finally caught up on the She-Hulk, so I got that going for oh, me. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is nice. Yeah, I got that going for me. Which, which I'm behind nice. on C for crying out loud. I am behind on everything. It's not good. Oh, yeah, I don't even look at that little TV time app anymore. Oh, no, like, no, no. I, I try to keep track of stuff, and then it's just like, no. yeah, no. Too much, yeah. is, too much is piled up. Yes. Well, very quickly, yes. we spoil freely here. We're just going to talk, so this is your only warning right here at the very beginning. Go visit our website, 30podcast.com. You can leave a rating, a voicemail. You can become a co-executive producer via Patreon. Any level of support there, 
one, two dollars a month, or if you want to choose one of the other tiers where there's some other benefits there, that helps support the show, helps keep the show going, helps improve the show, but also you get a bunch of bonus content. There is other bonus, there's bonus episodes, short episodes, full length episodes, sometimes three hour episodes because we got off on a topic and just kind of kept going and going. But there is a lot of, lot of bonus content out there. I, I would say at this point, there's probably at the very least an additional, what, maybe 30 episodes over there on the bonus feed on the Patreon. So so go check that out. Even just a, a few dollars a month, any level of support gets you access to all that stuff. So go check that out over there. We have an awesome group of people over there that is helping to support the show. So we just thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Every single time we want to bring it up, we just thank you all so much for supporting us in that way. Yes, very much so. All right. This one is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It came out on the 1st of July, 1992, rated PG-13. Runtime of 1 hour, 26 minutes. Directed by Fran Rubel Kuzui, who did Tokyo Pop. Writer for this one was Joss Whedon, did The Avengers and Cabin in the Woods. Producers were Kaz Kazooie and Howard Rosenman. Kazooie did Orgasmo and Angel. Rosenman <laughs> did Shining Through and the Family, that, that Oscar-winning movie. Yeah. Music was done by Carter Burwell, who did Raising Arizona and The Big Lebowski. Cinematography by James Heyman. He did Tokyo Pop and Northern Exposure. Editors were Jill Savitt and Camilla Toniolo. Savitt did The Lookout and A Walk Among the Tombstones. Toniolo did Something Wild and Lost Girls. Budget was $7 million. Box office was $16.6 million. Flick Metrics gives it a 52% and Cinema Score gave it a B+. Christy Swanson plays Buffy. She was in Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Flowers in the Attic. Donald Sutherland is Merrick. He was in Invasion of the Body Snatchers and Animal House. Paul Rubens was Amelin. He was in the Pee Wee movies and Flight of the Navigator. Rutger Hauer played Lothos. He was in Blade Runner and The Hitcher. Luke Perry, who died in 2019, played Pike. He was in Beverly Hills 90210 and Oz. Michelle Abrams played Jennifer. She was in Junior and Troll 2. Hilary Swank was Kimberly. She was in Boys Don't Cry and Million Dollar Baby. Paris Vaughn was Nikki. She was in Pretty Smart and The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. David Arquette was Benny. He was in The Scream movies and Eight-Legged Freaks. And Randall Battenkoff played Jeffrey. He was in The Peacemaker and As Good As It Gets. Bo, I think you pulled some of the trivia for us this time. So what have you got to share with us? Oh, wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. A lot of stuff about the screenwriting with Joss Whedon, who wrote the script and then would eventually go on to produce the television show. A lot of conflict with how his vision was being rewritten and then he eventually just walked off the set. He and Donald Sutherland didn't exactly get along because Donald Sutherland kept trying to rewrite his dialogue. He would go on to praise him as an actor, but just did not like his behavior at all. Little tie-in to other vampire movies. Donald Sutherland is the father of Kiefer Sutherland, who played David, the leader of the vampire gang in The Lost Boys, which we mentioned pre-recording, I think. I can't remember if that was part of the show or not. That's how my day is going. Yeah. Paul Rubens improvised his death scene which I think you can tell. The music in this was kind of interesting. There was a, it was not very prevalent, I didn't think. It was kind of an odd selection, but there's some weird little things in there. The violin melody that he plays is a piano quintet in E flat by Schumann. And then there's, you know, there should have been some more music tie-ins because David Bowie and Mick Jagger were set to make vampire cameos, but they were cut due to budget and time. So, yeah, Josh Whedon's original script. David Boy's a great-looking vampire. Right? 
Joss Whedon's original script was eventually released as a comic book called The Origin. Mm-hmm. Which might be interesting to see, i got to be honest. Which actually would have been a great callback because I'm trying to remember if he is... Yeah, he's a vampire in that. Have you ever seen the 1983 movie The Hunger? Doesn't ring a bell. David Bowie is actually a vampire in that movie. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, we might have to, maybe we'll have to do that one as a Patreon next year since it's 83. I think it's funny because, you know, Mick Jagger might be a vampire, which might explain a few things, Mm -hmm. but. (laughs) Yeah. Certainly Keith Richards is. (laughs) Oh, very cool. All right. Before we get into our major moments, here is a quick synopsis, and we've got the trailer for you, too. So, in this movie, in a world where high school cheerleader Buffy Summers doesn't even know she's part of an ancient order dating back centuries, she'll meet the Watcher, who has been sent to train her to fight vampires. Can Buffy balance the demands of high school, her friends, her keen fashion sense, and the cheerleading team, all while vanquishing the hordes of evil? I just met this girl named Buffy. I'm Pike. Pike isn't a name, it's a fish. I liked her even though she seemed kind of flaky. But as it turns out- You have been chosen, Buffy. To do what? To stop the vampires. Does Elvis talk to you? And things started getting weird around here. Are we having a nightmare? You threw a knife at my head. And you caught it. She was the one person I could really count on. Kill him a lot. Hi. Hi. What are you doing here? What am I doing here? I'm saving your butt. That is a bad guy. Can we go, please? The Slayer is unmasked. Let's finish it. I think this relationship has potential. Hi. How's it going? You're obviously having a bad hair day. If she can just get rid of those other guys in her life. Stab him in the heart! Christy Swanson. I am so sure. Donald Sutherland. Ah! Ah! Paul Rubens. Ah! With Rutger Hauer and Luke Perry. Buffy, you're not like other girls. Ah! Yes, I am. Buffy, the vampire slayer. You didn't even break a nail. Directed by Fran Rubel Kazooie. Right off the bat, that trailer bothers me. Okay, go for it. It makes it sound like it's Luke Perry's movie. Yeah, it does. That's weird. And you, you, yeah. think, it's, you think that's all of the 90210? Oh, yeah. They were trying to capitalize on that for sure. Yeah. But they start out with him narrating, and he's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's 30 years ago, and the idea of a female lead, and. <clears throat> yeah. I'm going to be that guy tonight. Yeah, you're right. Because <laughs> Wonder Woman can't carry her own movie. No. And if and if it is a female lead, then it's got to be like a chick flick, right? It can't right. be a... Right. Yep, I'm going to be that guy. Right yeah. now, several of our listening audience are throwing heavy things that are other things. and That's all right. Eh, I'm that guy. Hey, you, you be that guy. I am that guy. I'm owning that guy. Well, you be you, you be you, Patrick. Yeah. I did it my way. There you go. 
All right. Well, we've got some major moments in this one. Our major moments, we start off with the history of the Slayer. So we begin the movie with a little bit of a backstory, just like we did last week. You can begin your vampire movie with a little bit of a historical narrative to let you know what's going on here. A little bit of a history of the Slayer and, and kind of what's going on there. Not narrated by Luke Perry. Yet. Not narrated by Luke Perry. No, no, definitely not. And so we understand that the the Slayer is, it sounds like the Slayer is typically a young girl that is then trained to obviously slay vampires as is her job, and that Merrick is this also ancient figure that is the one doing the training of these slayers. And then you kind of, later on in the movie, we find out going from life to life that the slayer has been in different situations, but usually something like a peasant girl or in in some, well, obviously in most of the past, it's because she's a girl, she's in lower positions, in life because not as many opportunities for women. So she's always, I'm trying to remember what the list was. I think at one point she was a slave in one life. She was a like a barmaid in another life. I'm trying to remember what some of the other ones were. But yeah, so we, we get the idea that this has kind of gone on for centuries. And uh, I, I guess you don't want to use the name Dracula, so we decided to go with a vampire named Lothos, which kind of made me think of Otho from Beetlejuice. It was just, it was like one step away from Otho. And he is a much less intimidating vampire. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Del- yeah. <laughs> Deliver me from LL Bean. <laughs> Viridian. Otho. Why do I know this color? A blue green. Yeah. Okay, blue anyway. Oh, dear. And then we move quickly to Buffy the Fashion Slayer. We find out that our main character is kind of one of the mean girls. and uh, With her keen uh, fashion with, sense. With her keen, keen fashion sense. And uh, we establish pretty quickly that she is on the cheerleading team. She's got her little group of friends. They're not the nicest people in the world, and they're pretty shallow sounding and, and all that good stuff. And then fairly quickly, we get Merrick kind of jumps into the game and, you know, is trying to kind of track her down and and realizes that she may be the slayer that he's been looking for. But for some reason, he's very late that she should have been trained from when she was much, much younger. But uh, he just now kind of found her and and needs to kind of make up for lost time. So. uh, And no real explanation why he was asleep at the switch either. Yeah, they don't really talk about that. That's all right. It's not important. It's just storytelling. And so so then we, one of my favorite parts of this movie is we get introduced to a major moment that I'm calling Pee-wee's Bloodthirsty Adventure. <laughs> because we get introduced to Paul Rubens as a vampire. And I he, for any of the other problems I have with this movie, I really enjoy his character. Like, I, I really like his character as a vampire. Even Lothos, like, Lothos to me is like, eh, it's kind of a generic, like, old, noble vampire kind of a dude. But I don't know. I just kind of like Pee-wee. I like Paul Rubin's character. Mm-hmm. I do like the one scene in particular. That's one of my, one of my, one of the funniest lines in the movie is after he's got his arm chopped off. And uh, he's like, we're immortal, Buffy. We can do anything. Oh, yeah? <laughs> Clap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, touche. 
Oh. And so we get kind of this, they are they are building up a little bit of, a little tiny army of the un to try to help along their, their master, Lothos, as he is going to eventually rise and has his sights set on the Slayer. Pike, who they kind of picked on earlier in the movie, ends up teaming up with Buffy there towards the end in the moments I'm calling Pike's Peak. <laughs> Where he then kind of he kind of joins up with her and does a little bit of vampire fighting himself, and then the last part of the plot is basically we end up at the school dance, in which I am calling this scene the blood on the dance floor moment, and we have this nice fight at the school dance, and we uh, Buffy kind of breaks out all of her fighting skills and ends up finishing off Lothos in the end. So that is a quick rundown of the major moments of the movie. Did I miss anything or anything? We'll, we'll get more into it with our deep thoughts and whatnot, but did I miss any other major moments that you wanted to point out? No, that's pretty much it. I think we're good. Okay. All right. Well, in that case, it's time for some deep thoughts. And now, deep thoughts. First deep thought, did you like this movie? I did. I'll jump in. First time seeing it. Okay, so Um, first time. Okay. Yeah, I I enjoyed it. At first, I was kind of like, okay, a little cheesy, a little, but then I'm like, oh yeah, that's kind of the point. And I got to be honest, and maybe I'm just overly tired and not thinking it through enough, but the humor seemed to be very much of its time. Mm -hmm. It seemed to be very much in line with the kind of humor. There was all there were little bits of it that almost seemed like a Kevin Smith type movie, like like a mall rats kind of humor or just it, it had a real like indie kind of cult feel to it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's just like any of the action or the dialogue, the way it was delivered, it just kind of had a, I don't know. It just had a feel of very much of its time, a very much a nineties movie, early nineties movie. Part of it, I think, was maybe the soundtrack, a little bit of the hip-hop soundtrack that would kind of be happening. But yeah. just, like, the fight scenes with the cheesy dialogue, like, it yeah, it it just seemed very much like they don't make movies like this anymore. And I don't think they did for very long. It just seemed very much of its time. And I was entertained. I'm like, okay, this is just fun. <laughs> and there's cool motorcycles. And this is just very fun. You ruined so, my yeah. new jacket. Kill him a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> What's your bad fashion sense? I mean, it's just... Uh, oh, vampires of the world, beware. That <laughs> was one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 fun. I just had fun with it. I enjoyed I enjoyed Pat enjoyed it. Yeah. Love Fest? Yeah, it's fine. I did not enjoy it, but I will say seeing it this time, I when I first saw it, I loved it, but I was much younger. Yeah. Seeing it now, I don't know that it held up as well on a second watch. But, Pat, was this your first time? First time. Okay. I could definitely see that. Yeah, this was my first time watching it in a while. Like, I had watched it many years ago, probably just once. So this was the second time watching it. And it was fun. Yeah, it's not. I don't know that it holds up as well as it did the first time I watched it, which would have been in the 90s. But... I mean, it had it definitely had some funny lines, had some funny moments. I, I do enjoy, like, to me, some of the funnier moments are when they play with, and I don't want to jump on this too much because I think one of our three questions has to do with vampire tropes, but when they play with some of the vampire tropes and, and they put that kind of, like, 
it's a bunch of high school kids, kind of a spin on it. That one moment where it's like, you know, because the vampires can't come into a house or a building unless they're invited. Mm-hmm. And they invited all I the invited seniors. him. I invited him. They're all seniors. <laughs> don't don't worry. They can't come in unless they're invited. I already invited them. They're seniors. <laughs> they're seniors. Yes. Yes. Because uh, it's the senior dance. Right. It's a senior dance. So. So I mean stuff like that where it's like a it's it's a funny little twist on the the the, van, the rules of the vampires, and just to to do that in in a humorous way, you know, and and some of the other little scenes of like you threw a knife at my head, <laughs> and you caught it. Yeah. So can we move on now? <laughs> you know, it has right. that that sense to it. Yeah, but yeah, so I mean, it's 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 not it's obviously not going to win any Oscars, and but it's definitely it definitely has its fun moments in it. In terms of so, does that I guess another question to kind of go, kind of go. Let me try talking again to kind of go along with that is so. At the Pat, I think you said it's kind of like the humor is of its time. Yeah, that's the vibe I got. Yeah. So what was a? Can you give me like some specific examples? Like what were the parts that you thought like yeah this maybe this hit better in the 90s but not so much today well i think we just said it like the little like asides the little one-liners like there's something about what your fashion sense or your fashion sense is killing me or do you know what i'm saying like the fashion stuff is very of a time it was very clueless very yeah yeah you know yeah and then just like the game the fact that the guy was like like the vampire at the game, just the, kind of the humorous settings like that. Some of the lines when they, and when you, and I'm sorry, I'm just drawing like a complete blank on, Oh, this line and this line and this line, like I need to see it again, but just, just the way they would talk to each other. It's like they're snarky. They're kind of ripping on each other. I mean, they're, it's almost like they're having fun while the movie is going on. There's things that should be very serious, but the movie doesn't let you, hold on to it and get wrapped up into it in a, in, in a serious way. Right. You're like, you're there. You, you kind of get the feel like you're there for laughs. Yeah. Am I describing this? Okay. But yeah. that's, that's the kind of stuff that just seemed very much of its time. Like if Jay and silent Bob came wandering in, I would feel very much like, okay, that's very much in line with what I'd expect. Yeah. Like, it's just a very, just seems like early nineties kind of humor and the way that the, the people in the situations respond to the situations. You know what I was just thinking of? Because this occurs, because she's a cheerleader and because part of this, like you're talking about the game, occurs at a basketball game. I want this to be part of the Teen Wolf cinematic universe. There you okay. go. Teen Wolf versus Vampire. I, I want to see their... Right. Like see Alien the, versus Predator, but different. I want to see the basketball match between Teen Wolf and Vampires. Right. I want to make that happen now. I feel like that's a that's a cheat code in what was it NBA Jam? Oh yeah, there should be a cheat code: vampires versus yes. werewolves. Yes, yeah. use the blood code. Yeah, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Up, down, Finish left, right. A B A B. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, and you mentioned the music. The music, obviously, kind of of its time, kind of the '90s hip hop soundtrack to it. I don't want to dive too much into this because I know I think it's one of our three questions. But in terms of like comparing this with the TV series, mm-hmm. like, Pat, you didn't watch the TV series. I haven't. No, I haven't. I haven't really. I mean, a little bit from time to time, but not so much. Bo, you said you did a little bit. Yeah, it, it's just a little more. It's a little less campy. 
Yeah. I mean, it's still a vampire show and it's still campy in its own way, but it's less campy. The vampires aren't quite as kill them a lot. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's more meat to the story. But part of that is it's a longer form version of storytelling. You're able to tell longer, more character driven stories on TV. Right. And is the TV show a little bit more serious where this movie is a little bit more comical? Yeah, like any TV show, though, it leans, it has its funny moments. But I think, yes, I think they, it's more serious than the movie, but that's not okay. that difficult to do. I when felt Pee-wee, like what, when Pee Wee Herman's well, your lead henchman, you know, right. You're kind of asking for. I kind of felt like the characters, from what I did watch of the TV series, I felt like the characters were more likable than the ones in the movie. Yeah, I mean, she wasn't a mean girl so much right. in the show I felt like and she was things already, like that. Wasn't she already kind of a little bit of an outcast in the TV show? Yeah, a little bit of an outcast. She's a little bit younger. She's not the it girl, you know? Yeah. But I mean, but okay, but there's one of those moments where you're like, does anyone really buy that Sarah Michelle Gellar would have been an outcast anywhere? I mean, no, probably not. You're right. So it, it's got its problems too. Yeah. But. If you were to like, let's let's say you were headed to the theater today. If this movie were coming out today, what would be the reason you'd go see it, John? You know what? It's funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in, yeah. and I'm gonna kind of answer your question. And I went into the quotes because I'm like, boy, I'm not describing why this some of the humorous stuff. And it's really as I'm looking through the quotes, a lot of it is just the throwaway lines. They had this look in their eyes, totally cold animal. I think they were young Republicans. I mean, yeah. it's like <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> In today's day and age, like this movie would be vilified by 50% of the country out there. Like it would just be shut down. Like it would go on the Twitter sphere, like anger. But like political humor was handled differently 30 years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that was, and just the way the guy said it, you ruined my no jacket, kill him a lot. You know, we've been over that one. Great. My secret weapon is PMS. That's just terrific. Thanks for telling me. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean, that here. Now I'm a god. Then he sticks him through a stake, and now you're a coat rack. I mean, it's like, you know, it's just the lines that, in my mind, that's what establishes a cult movie, right? Those lines aren't these, like, great things that you can reuse, but they're so, I don't want to say bad, but it's, for lack of a better way of describing it, they're so bad they're good kind of a thing. And that's, that's just what this feels like. They're always doing bits, right? To borrow from our other podcasts that we listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, you left me a message. You weren't home. Like always, you broke up with my machine. I mean, I mean just that kind of stuff just seems, it's just, it's just funny it, to, to hear that. And I mean, the characters aren't super deep, but I don't think they're intended to be super deep. So going on to your question, if it was in the theaters, why would I go see it? Just because of that, just to sit back Chew some bubblegum and listen to the fun lines. I'm all out of bubblegum. <laughs> it's right. Well, what about you? If you were, would, if you saw the movie poster, if you saw the trailer, if you were going to go see this, if this was in the theater today, what would draw you into the theater to go see this one? Maybe the humor, mm-hmm. but it would depend on how it was displayed i have to say there wasn't like the luke perry voiceover probably wouldn't have done much for me yeah no. you know 
That's an interesting one. What would get me in there? I, for me, it would have been vampires. Like, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm a sucker for a good vampire movie. I'm a sucker for a good time travel or vampire movie or alternate reality kind of a deal. The other thing that would have, until I have read more and more about it, originally I would have said maybe Joss Whedon's writing would have kind of pulled me into it, but more and more as I hear about him personally, that would have actually pushed me away from it. So, because right, everything I yeah, everything I can I hear that read and heard lately is that he's just a bully and a terrible person to work with. So I don't know him personally, but that's that is what I read. So, but for me, that's I think just a a vampire movie. Knowing that it's a vampire and it's a vampire comedy, like that would have pulled me in. Mm. Because I, I did see both Vampire in Brooklyn and Dracula Dead and Loving It in the theater. So Excellent. I don't think I saw Vampire in Brooklyn in the theater, but it has okay. been watched several times. And and while this is dating the podcast slightly, I will say currently it is available on HBO Max, and I intend to oh, nice. avail myself of that fact this week sometime. Nice. Yeah, I always try to find some good... Well, oh, no, 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 no. I should have... Let me back that up. I'm sorry. Favorite vampire... I know, favorite vampire movie. I think I'm... I don't even know if I mentioned mine. It might be Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, uh, right on. Blade is definitely up there. I was going to say the original Blade yeah. is... But if we're going to go to the sub-genre of vampire comedy, I have to go with what we do in the shadows. Oh, yes. I, I can't. I can't not. Yes. I can't not do that one. Yes. Yeah. Pat, have you seen that one? Have you seen the original, the movie, What We Do in the Shadows? I have not. Oh, Pat. Pat, you need to watch it. Is that is that yeah. that's a must watch? Put it put it on your list. It's a must watch. Yeah, I'll put it on the list. It is. It's uh, Taika Waititi. Um, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. It's it's him, and it's a vampire mockumentary. Okay. And it is absolutely hilarious. It, it is that. Yeah. You know, and it's funny. I hear the talk of like, hey, would you go see this in the theater? And what would be the thing that gets honestly? And I think you got to have movies for kind of like every occasion, right? Like it's like you got hors d'oeuvres. They're a party food. Now you might not sit down and have hors d'oeuvres, but at a, at a formal dinner. But if you're if you want like food that's like grab and go and talk and hang out, you know, you're going to, you're going to make kind of like that kind of thing. And I think that's what this movie does. Like if this movie was on, like at a party, I could totally just be like hanging out, talking, laugh. If this was a drive-in, like the second feature at a drive-in, that'd be awesome. You know, like mm -hmm. the, like watching this has its place. Yeah. I'm not going to watch it when I'm in the mood for something like a Top Gun Maverick right. or a Saving Private Ryan or Jaws or, but not every movie has to be that. You know what I'm saying? And right. so I think that's where this one falls in and what would get me back to the theater. Like if you told me, hey, there's a double feature at the drive-in and Buffy's the movie that started at midnight, I'd be like, yeah, sweet, man. Let's check this out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I Like I think it has its place. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Do we have anything else we want to say about Buffy the Vampire Slayer before we jump into our three questions? Bring your keen fashion sense. Absolutely. And that yellow Michael Jackson-looking leather jacket. 
Yes. All right. It's time for three questions. He asks each traveler five questions. Three questions. Three questions. What were they, cycles? Or? We all go a little mad sometimes. Quid pro quo. I tell you things, you tell me things. I'm not interrupting anything, am I? You really look deep in thought. So I'll ask you the questions and then we'll see, all right? Holy buckets, John. I gotta I feel like I've gotta like fight my way into a castle of like fifty like orcs or something to answer these three questions. That was an intense introduction. You do, it's the gauntlet. Yeah, I no kidding. Like I I'm it's been, I'm pretty is, fired. This is I we take this seriously here. Yeah, I, I'm not gonna question. <laughs> you you should not question my profound wisdom in these proceedings. All right, question number one. In this movie, Lothos, and and thank you, Bo, for the three questions this time around. Indeed. Um, Question number one. In this movie, Lothos is not affected by the wooden cross. What is your favorite or least favorite vampire trope? Silver bullets, garlic, etc. And silver bullet, as I typed it, I should have remembered that's werewolves, but still. Yeah, but I think they use silver. They use silver silver or silver bullets for vampires sometimes, too. Yeah, I think that's what makes it so interesting is there's there's no rule. Well, there are rules, but they're a little fluid from universe to universe. Right. It's not like the gremlins. It's not like you've got three rules and that's it. Exactly. Exactly. There's a lot more rules right. and some don't always apply. You know, because the sunlight thing kind of may be optional for the vampires. The feeding- yeah, and you see, it's funny. You see that sunlight thing kind of carry over to the orcs. In in other franchises, but only sometimes, and it's right. a little sketchy whether it actually hurts them or not. They pretty much only eat after midnight. Right. Hang on. I you just know. I just want to know. I just want to know. Like going with Gremlins, if a vampire licks itself after midnight, does that mean that new vampires? Because it's what. Like I'm just wondering. I think it might matter where it licks itself. Right. I mean. Yikes. I mean, that took a turn. <laughs> as as we learned from Bram Stoker's Dracula, physics don't work around vampires. So, mm-hmm. yeah, this could be like I'm a, saying. A, this, I'm this, staying on mute. I'm not saying anything with this kind. Of, this, this could be a Marilyn Manson kind of situation here. Well, we, we vampires can't cross running water. That's another rule. So they maybe they're not supposed to get wet. Oh, that's right. I don't know. So the question is, what's your favorite or least favorite vampire trope? I don't know. The garlic one is always kind of weird. Right. Like, it doesn't make as much sense as yeah. some of the others. Like, do they just hate Italian food? Like, what? Right. where does is that it, one even come from? Is that why they're in Transylvania? Because they just don't make it down to Italy? or Right. Like, a lot of the other ones, sunlight. Okay, fine. Undead. Get yeah, it? They... Holy water. Undead. Get it? Like, I can process a lot of them. Where, where does garlic come in? <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, is it's a like totally a, strange one. Is that like, so if, if it was, so if it's the movie 30 Days of Night, which I thought was a, a kind of a fun way to do that, where mm-hmm. you don't have any sunlight for 30 days because you're up so far north, 
Was that in Alaska? Did that take place in Alaska? I feel like it was in a small town in Alaska. Yeah, it was somewhere like above the Arctic Circle, right? Yeah, and it was like for 30 days you have no sunlight, so the vampires can kind of like roam free. So basically if you're in that kind of a situation, just find yourself an olive garden and just go into Olive Garden and just hang out. (laughs) There you go. And, And you should be fine. Yeah, I don't know. The garlic one I always thought was a little weird. So I, I totally agree with you on the garlic thing. I just don't like mixing my food with, it's like leave food out of it. You know what I'm saying? I'm not, I'm not big into food fights. I'm not big into the, not a fan of the food weaknesses. Yeah. yeah. I just, I did with the garlic thing. Yeah. I just, whatever. It's it's one of the what, stranger weaknesses. Right. Yes. Uh, what I do like though, is the idea that you have to invite them in your house. Yes. And I think that, because I think that can present some pretty interesting plot devices or plot twists or you know what I'm saying? Like I think you can disguise that in movies and then you like, and I think lost boys did a good job with that stuff too. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think that, and I think that is cool because it introduces a, a fun dimension into the story and the plot and how it all unfolds and everything like that. Yeah. I mean, like, in this one, it was very humorous, right? I invited them in. I had to. They were seniors. They were seniors. Right. Um, in, and I, I want to be careful of spoilers, even though we are a spoiler podcast. Yeah, but you cool. think of, like, what happened in The Lost Boys. I think that was very cool. And I think that – I'll leave it at that. I think it just really adds a fun dimension of gamesmanship. Yeah. You know, Team Vampire is trying to outsmart Team Human Being. Mm-hmm. I think the the shtick, it wasn't really a shtick, but the whole thing about the ground that they used in this one, the dirt, the earth had to oh, be yeah. from Transylvania for him to be able to do his voodoo and all that. I thought mm-hmm. that was an interesting one that you don't, doesn't come up very often. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that one from, from Dracula, he, like he had to bring the caskets of earth. From, oh yeah, wrong movie. <laughs> My my favorite vampire trope is the oh, wax on, oh, wax off. Oh, here we go, gosh, here we go. Is, oh, is the vampire waxing thing? Is that that's my favorite? And when he paints the fence with Huck Finn too. When he paints right, when he, when he paints the fence with Huck Finn. Yeah, when he, when he drains like, that guy of blood and then uses it to paint the fence. Yeah. It's uh, late, people. I apologize. We record these right. too late in my day. Right. <laughs> it is still a vampire trope, just from the other movie. That's, you know, that's okay. And it is still yeah. an interesting one that they yeah. use in the other movie. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Lothos may have had some vampire dirt from wherever he was from. Yeah, but, but see, I don't think Lothos had it together enough to have the dirt transported properly. No, probably not. You got to give Dracula that. He had plans, and he had people to execute those plans. Mm-hmm. Lothos's chief henchman would have been better on a big red bicycle. Mm-hmm. He just yeah. wasn't mm-hmm. quite all there, I don't think. Yeah. And that was before he lost his arm. Right. Well, he could have stored the uh, boxes of dirt in the basement of the Alamo. Ha-ha, that's true. And then nobody would have ever found it. Because there's no basement at the Alamo. Yeah. <laughs> I don't make vampires. I just train them. <laughs> <laughs> How long have you had that one queued up? <laughs> I like the last five seconds. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> That's good. That one just popped up. I did find something on the garlic, though, from the Carnegie, on the Carnegie Museum of Natural History. It is a common belief, so they have a little section here on, uh, like, vampire folklore. It is wait, wait, wait. The Carnegie what? <laughs> the Carnegie Museum of Natural History. Love it. Yeah, it's a common belief that garlic repels vampires, but did you know that some of that belief is grounded in fact? Garlic, specifically the chemical compound allicin, allicin, allicin? Milner perverdiver? Sure. Allicin inside garlic is a powerful antibiotic. Some European beliefs around vampires stated that they were created by a disease of the blood, so a powerful antibiotic would kill a vampire. <laughs> An actual disorder of the blood, porphyria, May also be an origin for this belief. Porphyria can cause those who suffer from it to look pale and even make their teeth look bigger because their gums shrink. Garlic makes these symptoms worse, so people with porphyria would often avoid it, making others around them believe they were vampires. Interesting. I read some I read something about mosquitoes when I was doing it too. Something about how I'm trying to see if I can find it. That garlic has been proven to kill mosquitoes, and those are real world vampires oh. in air quotes because they suck blood and if the garlic would kill a mosquito maybe it would kill other things that suck blood well okay. definitely an interesting one for sure the other one that i thought was kind of interesting because i i had known this at one point but completely forgot about it did you know that the count from sesame street is actually based off of a different vampire myth like a vampire trope no there is a myth that what's the one that one that does approve of math? Yes. So so count so count von Count from Sesame Street. There are, I think it was Chinese and some places in Europe and China. They have some of their vampire myths. The myth is that if a vampire comes across a like a, a bag of rice or grain or something like that, they are compelled to stop and count every grain. So, so that people would scatter, as a superstitious thing, people would scatter seeds or scatter grain or whatever outside the door of their house to ward away vampires because then they would be so compelled to count every last grain that that would keep them occupied till the sun came up and then they would stay away. So apparently Count Von Count is Sesame Street did their research when it came to vampires. Uh, well, uh, at, least, uh, at least that's what I'm going for. Nice. That's 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 awesome. Not surprising, man. It's Sesame Street, it's top shelf. That is uh, one, one big stretch. All right. Did we did we go through? Did everybody offer their favorite or least favorite vampire tropes? I think so. I think okay. we got there. Yeah. I mean, the stake through the heart has got to be the favorite one. Like that. Well, yeah. I mean, then yeah. that's one that for some, like that's one that always seems to hold up, you yeah. know? Because yeah. once you drive something through a creature's heart, there's problems. Sometimes you got to chop off the head too, but right. But some... usually it's the stake through the heart first, and then right. you go for the head. Yeah. What I do tend to like, at least for for the visual medium of a TV show or or whatever, is when you stake the vampire and they like disintegrate. Yeah, that's like a cool the, one. When they the, just sort of go, poof. yeah, like the blade vampires. Yep, mm-hmm. like you know they've been dead for so long that there's nothing left, and once you've taken away their power, they just right ashes to ashes, dust to dust, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right. Question number two: Buffy the movie or Buffy the series? We kind of kicked this around earlier. I mean, it definitely sounds like the series is more 
my speed. Yeah, I think if I was going to rewatch some of it, I probably would watch some of the series. I'd probably go back and give the series give the series a chance if I if I ever run out of stuff to watch, which is not happening anytime soon. I would probably go back and be like, "All right, well, I'll, I'll I did not watch this series when it came out, but I'll, I can start from the beginning and binge some stuff." Yeah, I I got I I enjoyed the movie, but I really want to see the series. I I have not seen I've only seen one half of what we're asking about, so I need to do some research before I render a <clears throat> render a final judgment as our friends from the Shirley You Can't Be Serious podcast would say. But yeah, I, I like I said this movie, I had fun with the movie, so I definitely want to check out the series. Yeah. I feel like the writing may be a little punchier in the series. Mm. Mm-hmm. So maybe had a Time to time to develop it. Like you said earlier, Bo, very, very few times does the person who wrote the movie get a chance to do the TV series, too. All right. And question three, favorite Donald Sutherland role. This is hard. Yeah. So the first two that always jump to mind for me, though, are Kelly's Heroes and MASH from 1970. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that there aren't a billion others, mm-hmm. but those are the first two. The his the character I I feel like we did Kelly's Heroes many moons ago. The character he plays Oddball just cracks me up to no end. I see, and I, I feel like Kelly's Heroes. It's been so long since I've seen that movie. I, I think I got to rewatch it. Roof, roof. That's my dog impersonation. <laughs> That's my other dog impersonation. <laughs> So good. <sighs> yeah, I'm trying to think. I liked it. His, his character is not around much in Animal House, but I just thought his character was hilarious. Oh, yeah. As the professor in Animal House. Mm-hmm. Um, the other one I really liked him in, and I just the movie as a whole I always really enjoy, and it's a good one if, if anybody's looking for a creepy movie to watch around Halloween time, is the movie Fallen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I I also like him. I mean, I I think he's the perfect choice for President Snow in all of the Hunger Games movies. Oh yeah, yep. he plays that mysterious, creepy dude really well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I like him in uh, not Bad Batch, oh, Dirty Dozen. Yeah, I like him. He's really good in the Dirty Dozen. He's he's really good in Ordinary People. Mm-hmm. That's yes. definitely more of a sobering movie than you know the the, the adventure type things. Yeah. But he's he's really really good in there. I'd have to give the nod to. There's a movie called Without Limits, and it's about Prefontaine, and he plays mm-hmm. Bill Bowerman in that, and he's I think he's really good in that that movie. Nice. nice. His his it, it's a little more than a cameo because he does have lines, but his quick hit scene in JFK, yes, mm-hmm. is fantastic. Yeah, he's unfortunately he plays the Deus Ex Machina character, but it's done so well in that cloak and dagger Washington style that it's that it's good. Mm-hmm. And he's fun in this one too. Like I thought this was a fun. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. Without a doubt, it's that same dry wit that you get. Yeah. Well, it seems like he's always bringing his A game. Like, even yeah, if it's right. a, a movie that you think is kind of like, well, the movie, eh, but he always, 
whatever he does, he raises the bar. He it, Pro- it provides, punches up. He provides the gravitas. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. We yes. had a we had a question a few movies ago, I feel like, where it was who would you like to have dinner with? Mm-hmm. Yeah. This guy. That was there it is. Okay. I think that would be he he's got stories, man. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good choice. Very cool. All right. Well, that's going to do it for our three questions, and that's going to do it for Buffy the Vampire Slayer. We are the 30podcast.com is our website where you can find all of our other episodes that came before this. This is, I don't think I've mentioned the episode number in a few episodes now. This one would be episode 435. So oh, we are wow. already like a third of the way past 400 on our way to the 500. We episode. are trucking to 500, mm-hmm. boys. Mm-hmm. It's we're, incredible. We're gonna incredible. catch. We're gonna catch up with the uh, the Nerdist podcast here pretty soon. Yeah, what, yeah. What did they end up with? Like nine hundred and something. Yeah, we'll get there. We'll, we'll get, get there. there. We'll get there. Just give give us a few more years. We'll get there. I had a I had a fun idea for five hundred. Oh yeah. What was your thought? Silence. Just nothing. Just release <laughs> release an episode with like two minutes of silence. Yeah. That's it's it. be like our it's our tribute to silence. That's film. Awesome. Right. Yeah. That's awesome. 60 minutes of silence. Mm. Or or what? let's let's have it be a complete throwback to the first episode. Let's just do an hour and 5 minutes of mariachi music. Yes, and trun- and crunching of tortilla chips. Yeah, like no, let's let's actually go to a Mexican restaurant. Let's not talk the entire time. Nope. Let's just record ourselves eating. Yes. Mm-hmm. That would yes. be awesome. A little 30 awesome. something ASMR. Yeah, so that one guy that that like wrote to us from episode 47 and was like, I wish you guys would stop chewing stuff while you're recording. <laughs> if, if, he's, if he's still here, then. I remember, I remember when that guy put, didn't he pull the thing down too? Yeah, he put know. the comment up and then took it down. And... I, I think so. Probably. It yeah. was probably my brother. <laughs> That's I, awesome. I might not put it past him. No. No. All right. Well, if you're looking ahead for the rest of the month of October, if you join us over on Patreon, if you're over there, and and why wouldn't you? Like, there is a ton of stuff over there, a lot of good extra bonus content. But our October Patreon is the triple feature, Thing from Another World, The Thing, and The Thing, all the different versions of The Thing. And I think I'm Lots even going to try to read the, the short story that that's originally based off of, too. I don't think it's very long, so I'm going to... I'm going to read that before we do those three movies. So we're going to get all of the different versions of The Thing on that Patreon episode. And then our Patreon shorts for October are Airplane 2 from 1982 and The Secret of Nim from 1982. Our next episode, next regular episode, will be Army of Darkness. So groovy. Mm-hmm. I, am, I am so looking forward. I'm, I'm a little, part of me is a little worried that it's just going to become like what happened with Spaceballs and it's just us quoting the entire movie. I don't see a problem uh, with that. No. No. So, you know, I just, it, the, the entire thing is just going to be me sitting there going, Klaatu, Verada. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, I said it. Yes. I recorded a podcast. <laughs> I said the words. Uh, so, yes, Army of Darkness is next week. Alien 3 is the week after that. The, the, foremost celebration of alien three that you will find on any podcast. I, I don't think any other podcast will celebrate alien three as much as ours will. 
I, I think we we definitely have the, the fan base in our I, podcast. I think it's I think it's three times the horror, three times the suspense, three times the celebration. Well, there you go. Is is what I believe. And then okay. getting on into November, if you're if you're gonna jump ahead a little bit, November, our Patreon episode is King of Comedy from eighty two. Patreon shorts are Rocky Three from eighty two and Black Adam from twenty twenty two. And then our regular episodes for the month of November are Thunderheart, Malcolm X, Unforgiven chaplain and a river runs through it so we have got all kinds of good stuff coming up in Mm -hmm. the months of october and november and then it's almost the end of the year and that's kind of crazy that we will already be marching our way through 92 on our way into 93 yeah it's incredible it's incredible it just it feels like yesterday we just come into 92 so well, gentlemen, and as always, thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Bo, and thank you, Pat. Thank you, John. Great yeah. seeing you, Bo. All right, everybody. Remember to be excellent to each other. Always check around corners, and maybe there's something standing behind you in the dark. And if you're okay, and if you make it, if you survive, then go watch some scary movies. We'll see you back here next time. <laughs>